Welcome to the Real Pill Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loizel. And with me today is my beautiful co-host. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, thank you. <laughs> Mark Salcedo, uh, managing editor, <laughs> managing editor and writer at ScreenGeek.net. Ta-da. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, they say who just they okay, what do they say? Hard things come before good things, okay, yeah. (laughs) So that's a quote, and as I was right, like, as I was putting it in here, I was like, that sounds very dirty. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like the way you say you would have to say it, you know. Hard things come before good things. <laughs> Where, where's that quote from? I just made an innocent quote dirty. Where's that from? Concrete Cowboy. Ew. They say it like two or three times. Oh, shit. I don't even. Okay. I, that flew over my head. Mm. As much as many things. Cause I but they a, didn't mean it the way yeah. we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, totally weird. It's just almost looking at his son. Hard things come before good things, son. Totally different movie now. <laughs> so, if you, after that introduction, are still interested in finding us, <laughs> we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal, to ease and real. And you can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. Um, Please review us on iTunes so we can get noticed. And our segments this week are going to be the news, our recent review of Concrete Cowboy, Variety Time, where Mark talks about a certain elusive plant. (laughs) A mother effing plant. Yes. And uh, Geriatric Cinematic is Bicycle Thieves, which came out in 1948. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mark, what's the topic? Uh, Bonding over transportation. I should have I should have changed that to bonding through transportation, or while transportation. While, while transporting. Yeah, while transporting. I should have. <laughs> damn it! <laughs> fucked up that chance. <laughs> What's the word for when you like get beamed like on a Star Trek? Oh, tel- uh, teleportation. Teleporting. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Never mind. Bonding through teleporting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? What is it? Holy shit, what the hell is the name of the, the trans, the, oh, they call the transporter, the transporter, the. Yeah, so that's what I was saying. Yeah. You know, bonding through transporting. <laughs> the Jason Statham movie, the transporter. <laughs> Isn't that train spotter? No, it's train spotting. That's train spotting. No, we're going I know, like, we're going way. <laughs> we're just, it's like we're crossing a river and we're going from rock to rock to rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just get into the news. The news, the fantastic, um, bombastic, lovely news that Warrior, Kelsey's least favorite show ever. Not true anymore. <laughs> is getting renewed for a third season and will be moved to HBO Max. I was so fucking thrilled when I saw this article. I know. You're like, yeah. I was like, yes, yes. Okay. So Warner Media, Warner Media owns oh, streaming. Warner Media. I know. <laughs> Warner Media uh, owned streaming service has picked up the third season for the action drama um, that is based off the rise of Bruce Lee and set in the 19th uh, century Tong Wars in San Francisco. Um, executive producer Shannon Lee, Bruce Lee's daughter, uh, announced it on her Instagram. She said, Justin, Jonathan, and I were thrilled uh, when Warrior was put on HBO platforms to be discovered for a whole new legion of fans. I had heard about Warrior before HBO Max, but like nobody was talking about it. Um, 
ever since it's been on HBO Max, everybody's talking about it now. Um, sorry, that wasn't cool. That was just for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now we are excited and grateful for the opportunity to do another season, and we applaud HBO Max for understanding the importance of telling this story and for continuing to support this level of rep- rep- <clears throat> sorry, representation in our industry. She goes on and on and on saying, like, you know, we're pretty much thrilled that we're getting a third season. Um, there's no word on production start date or premiere date. Or, or, plot. or plot whatsoever. Um, but if you have been watching the show and saw the uh, season two finale, um, you, you kind of have an idea where it's going to go. Um, my guess is they might spend the third season like wrapping everything up because there were so many like unresolved like storylines in the end of season two. And you they, think they'd only give us one more season? <sighs> I mean, they could do it that way just in case to be like, well, let's just make sure we close everything up. Just in case we don't get like a uh, greenlit for a fourth season, because we don't know what's gonna happen. If um, you know, it just said like season three. It didn't say anything about any more seasons. So my mindset is thinking like they might just try to wrap everything up. Um, that's a plus and a minus because it's a plus because um, it's like the end of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could also be a minus in that sense, but it could also be like okay, well if we get greenlit for a fourth season, we'll just do another storyline or we'll just create another one just keep pushing ourselves yeah so yeah i also don't hate the show anymore yeah it took you what a season and a half it to like get on board the last two or three episodes of the second season before mm. i was like okay i like this show yeah so that means you can re-watch the first season no and some of the second season no to fully appreciate it no whatever <laughs> <laughs> what else we got olivia coleman is talking with marvel about secret invasion series for disney plus mm-hmm. um she is in talks to join samuel l jackson and ben mendelson um and sources are confirming uh that to deadline so mm. they got the info um i guess it's a crossover comic event series yeah. and it's you know, with a faction of, like, shape-shifting scrolls. It's mm. funny because I haven't really, like, I hear about them, but I don't really see a lot of them. I think they were probably more in, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something. I don't, I think they were in Agents of, no, maybe it was the Chitauri. I don't know. I never watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but you saw Captain Marvel, right? Yeah. Yeah, so the scrolls were in Captain Marvel. They were, like, the main bad guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like. I always uh, think scrolls, scrolls, and mm. I think of, like. Like, if skeletons could decompose, and that's what they—that's what it'd be called. Like they're—they're they're scrolling. No, like they would. That's what they would look like. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, I've read Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion is like this massive crossover. That's like, because uh, like comics, they 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 always have like certain arcs like big like eventful arcs and stuff like that like uh, civil war secret wars or like um like secret empire or something like just kind of give you an idea of like oh this is like an event that affects everybody and their separate issues and then they all like come together and like near the finale like how marvel does their their movies yeah like like (laughs) like for example like infinity war like infinity war in game stuff like that right so secret of agent was like this huge huge fucking massive deal in Marvel, like I remember reading that comic and being blown the fuck away because of like who was like revealed to be like a scroll and not like a superhero. Certain heroes that were thought dead were actually alive, and like 
like whole thing like changed up and shit. Like, it was a really fucking good arc. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually surprised they got it like in TV form because, like I said, this this like this would be at least like three movies because yeah. it's so big. It's so, it involves so many characters. Um, maybe they're like doing this to kind of like set something up for like Marvel movies or some shit like that. Right. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, who's Kingsley Benadir? Uh, he's oh, a, that guy who played Malcolm X in One Night in Miami. Yeah, yeah. Supposedly he's going to be like a villain. I could see him as a villain. That dude's a great actor. I really, I really enjoyed him in uh, One Night in Miami. Yeah, he might be legit. Awesome. So what's next? Uh, okay, so I find this fascinating. Uh, anything that involves like screenwriters, I always find fascinating. Like this news about him and stuff. Uh, Disney and original Predator screenwriter set set for a legal battle over the rights of the franchise. So. The original screenwriters for uh, the first Predator movie, uh, John and Jay Thomas, uh, are preparing a legal battle uh, over the rights for the sci-fi, sorry, sci-fi horror franchise, um, because you know Disney like absorbed them when they got like Fox and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the Thomas brothers wrote the screenplays for '87 Predator. Um, they also did work on the Predator Two sequel, um, and they've. I believe they worked on AVP as well. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. So um, this was a quote from, uh, I didn't know who, I don't know who it's from, but the quote is, the Thomas, I think it's from like, I can't see who that quote's from. Uh, the Thomas brothers are seeking to exploit uh, copyright last laws termination provision, which allows authors to cancel transfers after waiting period of time, typically 35 years of new newer works uh jim and john thomas say they served a termination notice all the way back to 2016 and for four and a half years uh heard no objection um so this is going to be like a big hiccup and the predator movie that's that's supposed to be in the works um the fifth installment of the predator franchise is being written by kingdom and jack ryan scribe patrick uh asen uh, so 20, 20th century uh, reacted to Thomas Brown's lawsuit and statement that reads, uh, while federal statutory copyright laws endows certain uh, grantors like defendants, the Thomas Brothers, the copyright termination rights such as rights may be exercised in accordance with the stat- statutes, with statutes? Statutes. Sta- statutes requirement, including provisions. Delineating. Dang, delineating when termination notice may be served and when the termination of right becomes effective. Um, I kind of understand that, right? Because, yeah. like, just to kind of give people a window into what I do. Yeah, yeah. When we're looking at a lease, mm-hmm. and we have it. There's sometimes in the bigger, um, the bigger deals, there's a termination option. Oh, uh, okay, okay. And like, the brokers don't get paid until the termination option ends, mm-hmm. or uh, unless they waive that. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's like this whole thing that they still have an out. Yeah. But there are certain provisions that allow for the can- like the termination of a lease. Oh, uh, okay. And then it's weird because then, like, you know, there's a whole other thing that comes along with that where, you know, you get extra money for that, too. Oh, yeah, 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 I got you. Um, so this is definitely going to hold that franchise up in the courts uh, for a good minute. Um, I'm like, I don't know how to f- I really don't know how to feel about this. Because the ter- the Predator franchise has gone to shit over the years, and um, is it because they've had a hand in it or haven't? They haven't what? Is it because these two brothers have had a hand in it or have not? I would say maybe 
Probably not. I don't know. Let me see what they, how many Predator movies have they worked on? Um, because like, like the first Predator movie was like, it's it's a it's a classic. It's hella good, right? And the second one was like kind of all right, but then they just started like nose diving after the second one with like AVP, um, and then there was. But they like, worked on AVP. Uh, let me see. Dude, oh yeah, they have worked on AVP. Oh no no, uh, their claim is just they're the characters they created. That's oh. it. They haven't. Let me see. Let me look for ABP right now because ABP was so fucking garbage. Your record was even fucking worse. Uh, oh, Paul W S Anderson. Fuck that guy. <laughs> um, no, see, yeah, the the Jim and Thomas, Jim Jim and John Thomas, they've only created like the first. Uh, from my understanding, the first and second Predator. Everything else, like screenplay wise, they haven't touched. Um, but I feel like Disney would do a good job with it. Yeah. Like the last thing that came out uh-huh. was that really awful movie that came out like a couple years ago, right? Oh, yeah. The, uh, the Predator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And like, I feel like that was like still kind of left over from before the merger. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I feel like Disney will make it better. Yeah, because like, cause you, now, yeah. because like there, there's this really, really great video of why that movie was like destined to fail. Um, I forgot the name of the YouTube channel, but this dude did like, uh, he did like this whole like 20 minute video of like, this is why the Predator failed. Uh, and it was all these like number of things. The thing that sucked is like the first Predator was great. They did the second one. Second one's all right. Like I said, AVP is garbage. AVP record was even more garbage. Um, and then they did, they did Predator, no Predators. That was directed by Robert Rodriguez. That's legit. Cause that's like. That takes a lot from like the original Predator and like puts it here and then makes it makes it work pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a it was a successful film, not to like f- what Fox Century, the 20th Century Fox wanted. So they thought, hey, let's throw more money at it and let's go in a completely different direction. And that was because I remember you and I watched it mm-hmm. and we we're like, what the fuck is any of this? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, even though like Disney- I think actually I fell asleep. <laughs> shit probably you don't remember we were watching it together i actually felt <laughs> um so disney like taking this and then tr- doing their own predator franchise i'm i'm curious about it because i know a lot of people they still have this mentality of like disney's gonna fuck up something and they've done great with marvel they've done all right with star wars to an extent i mean uh <sighs> Yeah, so, <laughs> I think of Rise of Skywalker, um, like Mandalorian's dope. Uh, the what's it called? Force Awakens: Last Jedi was dope, um, and they seem like they're going in a good direction with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So I think Disney has taken a point where like they've learned their lesson of like not to oversaturate and not to like harken too much on like old shit, um, and then. So they, they might have I don't know like I said like it's it's really up in there because no one really knows like how they're going to take this Predator franchise but I'm I'm kind of curious but not too curious because it Predator's been bastard bastard bastardized bastardized so much like the fucking Terminator franchise yeah like Terminator franchise is like just let it go like I'm not I'm yeah I'm in the same boat with you but at, mm-hmm. the, at the same time like I really don't want the brothers to get it back because they already started fucking it up and I feel like a lot of the old writers, mm-hmm. they have a hard time keeping up with the times. 
Yeah, I mean one 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 actually really good example of that is uh, Ridley Scott. Yeah. Um, he, Oliver Stone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, no, like really, really Scott is like a person who did the alien, did the first alien movie. Great aliens with James Cameron. Great. And then he came back and did Prometheus and that was crap. And then covenant was crap. And it's, it is kind of like the thing of like these, um, original creators. They don't know how to like step away from their material. Yeah. Like fucking George Lucas did. Yeah. Kind, kind of. Well, did. yeah. Yeah. With the, the star Wars <laughs> prequels. Hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But like with this whole litigation and everything, Predator might be wrapped up for like years. I mean, we don't know, but like they're just barely getting started with it. And I'd imagine that they can like they're gonna go for a couple of years at least on this shit. Yeah. So yeah. Whatever. Great. Whatever. Whatevs. So with that, I think it is time to get into our recent review of Concrete Cowboy. There's a horse in your house. Oh, this you right here. I ain't staying here. Alright. Once you step out, that door stays locked till morning. Our cowboys were black. Even the Lone Ranger was black. <laughs> Who's the Lone Ranger? Really? Are you teaching this boy anything? The history here is deep. We like the Wild West out here. I woke up to the morning sky first. Baby blue, just like we heard. I know you. You hops, boy. When I get up off this ground, I should oh. Your daddy got rules that you're not abiding by. You want to ride the street life? You can't be in my house. You want to wise up? You're welcome back. Welcome back to what? I ain't got no home here. That's your choice. Be alone out here, man. I'm going to get my money, and I'm going to get up out of here. You with me or not, bro? But then she still made you a man overnight. I'm your father. You ain't my father! I mean, you a father to everyone else out here. Oh, you hate me, man. This is out on Netflix right now, and the synopsis is sent to live with his ex- his estranged father for the summer. A rebellious teen finds kinship in a tight knit Philadelphia community of black cowboys. Directed by Ricky Staub, written and directed by Ricky Staub and Dan Walzer. It stars Idris Elba, Caleb McLaughlin, Lorraine Toussaint, and Jarrell Jerome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this one got, first of all, Mm. it's funny because if you didn't know that this is based off of like a true community, Mm. you would think this is some great original content for black people. Oh yeah. Like, like this is like a, a market that like hasn't been really tapped or so, or is is at a different angle? Cause it's, yeah, it hasn't really been tapped into where like, where, um, Jordan Peele is kind of tapping into the, like the horror films, and he's mm. it's like got black people in it. Like mm. finally, black people can see themselves in that way. Mm-hmm. Like this one is like like there can be a love story, or there can be like mm-hmm. a coming of age story, or whatever. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be about slavery or yeah, you know, can a white woman love a black man and get away with it or something <laughs> get away with it yeah. Shit. yeah yeah i get you know you. what i mean back yeah. in the 50s and shit yeah i get you i get you um yeah i had um i 
think they did a episode on This American Life about about uh, this topic with like black cowboys in Philadelphia. So I think I, I might have like heard about it, but seen it in this light and everything. And um, granted, it's not like a documentary or anything like that, but like the way how it's kind of presented. Uh, and the fact that they actually have real um, black cowboys in that community, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jamil Prattis, who plays Paris, and uh, what's the homegirl's name? Uh, Ivana Mercedes, who played Issa. Um, Isha. Isha, yeah, thank you. Isha, I was just like, damn, like, like I need more of this. Yeah, there, so a few of the people actually were, like played kind of themselves yeah yeah i was really surprised because that makes their performances that much more um don't say the a word no okay going to. <laughs> it makes the them stand out much more yeah because yeah. like they they came across as actors mm-hmm. but they're not yeah 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 so well, like, and, and it's funny because it kind of puts that like we were like you were like oh i fucked up because i chose this other film instead. Oh, Bicycle Thieves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you think about it, both of them have actors that aren't actors. Oh, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. A good that is a thing. Yeah, that is a good thing that's connected to it. You're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, like, I really like that a lot. Mm-hmm. So, what did, um, so let's, so let's go down the list. Like, what did you think of the, of the performance? I thought the performance was great, like, all around. I didn't have mm. any issues with any of the performance. Yeah, I didn't even have that much performance with... Um, you didn't have that much performance? Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> much of an issue with... Uh, uh, I don't want to say his rap. Well, Method Man, uh, whose real name is uh, Clifford Smith. I didn't really have much of an issue with his performance. Like, whenever I, I would see him in something, I'm Which like... Which one was him? Oh, he was the sheriff. Oh. Yeah. Cause like okay, Cause I was like afraid to ask. All right, all right. Hold like on. I've heard uh, his music a long time ago, but I, okay. like I don't remember it because I didn't really listen to it. Okay, so Method Man is a member of the Wu Tang Clan. Oh, okay. you know, and he hits a savage stuff as like a legit rapper, like as a solo rapper and everything. Mm. Um, oh, and remember he was also in uh, Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn versus Vampires. He played the priest. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like he's been like showing up in a lot more like legit stuff. I think he's like he was like an Empire or something. Um. So his performance wasn't even that bad either. One thing I was actually kind of shocked in this movie is that the way how the trailer sells it, you would figure it's like, like really like an Idris Elba like vehicle. Mm-hmm. Like this is mainly like story Idris Elba and then all these other people and stuff like that. But the story really focuses on uh, Caleb uh, McLaughlin. Uh, McLaughlin, yeah, Caleb McLaughlin who played Cole, his son. Mm-hmm. So you, it, so it is like that coming of age story, and it's like legit. Um, it's like a legit way to tell the story involving like how this community and how black people are seen within like uh, like cowboy community and stuff like that. Like this is a great part where like this dude is like um, there's not a spoiler or anything, but there's a part where like one of the guys is like they're around a fire like talking and he's like, yeah, they're trying to like erase a, erase black people from history when it comes to like cowboys and stuff like that. And this is that and everything. Yeah, how we used to be called cow hands. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And you know, and then they start calling us cowboys. Yeah, yeah. And then like as I'm listening to him, listen to him, I'm like, yeah, you know what? He ain't fucking wrong. Like, holy shit. That's, I know. Like, that's straight what I was up. thinking too. <laughs> so that was like, so um, oh yeah, so I'm going away from the, <laughs> the acting part. Um, so, yeah, Idris Elba's like, he's like good in this one, but I, I really like Caleb McLaughlin's performance in this movie. Um, this is the dude who we saw from Stranger Things. 
who doesn't get enough like play in that show. Is it think. really? Yeah, that's the kid from Stranger Things. Yeah. Jesus. I know, right? So when I've seen him, I'm like, damn, that boy's all grown up. And him acting, I'm like, damn, that dick is like a legit actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I like seeing, uh, what's his name? Jarrell Jer- <clears throat> Sorry, what's the cat's name? Jarrell. Uh, Jerome. Jer- Jerome, who played Smush. He was in uh, um, Moonlight. Moonlight. And I, I love Moonlight. Seeing him in this, I'm just like, yeah, that dude's still got it. Yeah. Like, he's obviously older now, but uh, his performance was really good. Um, a homegirl who played Nessie, she was legit, too. Um, I like her a lot. Like, everybody was mm-hmm. so, like, genuine. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, everything felt like there. nothing was stiff. Yeah. Um, what about, um, so what do you think about, like, the story? I like the story. Mm-hmm. Kind of have a hard time with the angry black kid trope. Like, mm. kind of tired of seeing that, but. Well, it's angst, you know. It's a come of age story. You got, you're going to get that. I know. I'm, I'm just kind of like, mm. I don't know. See, I, I can't get a good, like, stance or, like, idea of where I should stand with it. Mm-hmm. Because, um, like, I, I know that that exists. Like in the real world, yeah. But I don't know how um, how much of a stereotype it is or it isn't. Oh, I get you. You know what I mean. So like, it's kind of annoying to me not knowing really what's real and what isn't Mm. because it's all you keep fucking seeing. Mm, And like, but for me, it really doesn't take away from this story. Mm. Like it, it definitely adds to it. I just kind of was like, all right, here we go. Yeah, so, so okay, so then... Uh, so, Does okay. that make sense what I'm saying? No, yeah, I get what you're saying. So, okay, I'll pick up a little... I'll, I'll pick up some of that. Um, so, yeah, I know I know it can be seen as kind of like a stereotype with this kind of shit like that, but, it, I mean, if you kind of think about it when it comes to, like, like white people, white films, coming-of-age stories, they kind of follow the same thing but less emotional, and they become more like... Because they don't have anything to really be upset <laughs> <laughs> it's like fake angst (laughs) yeah um so like the i think the angst in this movie isn't really i don't think it's really like stereotyping when it comes to this movie because like there are like a lot of especially if you're not raised if like the character wasn't fully raised or for like for most some of his life he wasn't raised by his father so there's going to be that that anger towards him and stuff like that like i mm-hmm. used to have like really anger issues towards my dad because he he wasn't around but it's not just towards your dad it's <clears throat> it, i'm saying like it's turning it on everybody else too and that's the thing that always gets mm-hmm. me because mm-hmm. i think people can exist and hate their fathers and not absolutely fucking hate everybody and see everything as a I competition i get you well I, that's the thing. i never with with the cole character i never thought of him seen as like competition well as competition but more of just like he felt like he always had to like to prove himself that's he had what i meant yeah. in, in competition like oh, okay. you know like proving himself like mm. you know like he's hard and he's you know well then, i mean to tell you the truth that's that's that is like a genuine thing especially if you're like you know how this neighborhood is, especially if you're like in philly in this area mm-hmm. yeah it's going to be seen like you have to be hard you have to always be angry you know stuff like that so i'm gonna say that i've seen enough of it lately that mm. that's why i kind of was like had a little bit of an inner eye roll not uh, too much gotcha gotcha but I, I will also say that i don't think there has been enough seen by most other people too mm. for it to be considered like 
low-hanging fruit yet. Gotcha. But mm-hmm. it, I'm just saying it's going to become like low-hanging fruit. Like, oh, it's yeah. a little black teenager? Cool. He's fucking angry because he's poor. Okay, I get you. And he you. grew up in the city. I get you. I get you. Um, but granted, I mean, you know, we're not in the spoiler section, but, you know, it's... And I don't tell this to Kelsey, I'm telling the people who have, if you haven't watched it yet, um, you know, he's not angry most of the time. You know, he starts like yeah. lighting up. And it's, but it's like, it's a good way because it doesn't come off like. Um, forced. Yeah, forced. It's or not like, forced, yeah. or very like the, theatric or like swelling with the music. It's like these little moments of like, these little moments of like him, of the Cole character kind of like turning and being like, okay, I see why this whole horse thing is like part of this community why it's important to these people yeah um and it works out pretty well um there are a couple times where i think like in the third act i felt like they were i don't know i i I, not not i started getting bored but i felt like they they started kind of dragging their feet within the third act like the pacing was off yeah like the pacing was off it seemed like a bit slow because it was like a good steady pace of like learning these characters and stuff like that which to tell you the truth i kind of wish they could have explored more like we got we actually got to explore like the Paris character pretty well, like mm-hmm. his backstory, and I enjoyed that. But I want to hear more of like the Nessie character, or or uh, what's the homegirl, the one, the love interest, Isha. Isha, I want to hear more of her character as well. Mm-hmm. I want to hear more of her backstory, and we got some of like Idris Elba's um, backstory, but I was like a little bit more curious about that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I had. I think that's all I have to say right now before it gets into like spoiler territory. Yeah, I think we. Uh should just get into it okay so uh for those who have not oh gotta cue up the sound there you go all right <laughs> uh so yeah f- so we're gonna hop into spoiler territory right now we're gonna go into deeper links and concrete cowboy and details and all that you know all that stuff um so for those who have not seen cowboy con- <laughs> who have not seen concrete cowboy <laughs> cowboy bebop <laughs> yeah so for those who have not seen con I keep messing up. Concrete Cowboy. Here's your spoiler bumper right about now. Hi. Hi. So what's up? I really like this movie. <laughs> okay, as you said earlier, yes. Um, um, well, I did say, and then I said something that I was kind of like meh about. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're allowed. You know. well, this, movie, also, this movie's not perfect, but you know, there are some lot, a lot of redeeming qualities of it. Like most of its redeeming qualities, mm-hmm. I just think the parts that I wasn't like totally. 100% behind is probably just because I'm white. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, I try, mm-hmm. I try to. At least recognize when I don't know something. Yeah. So okay. So um, so what 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 stuck out for you that you really liked the most up uh, out of this movie? <sighs> it's really hard to put like to pinpoint something to pinpoint it, mm-hmm. but I I think really the scene between Idris Elba's character mm. and Caleb's character. When okay. when he finally is like, why do you hate me? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, that that mind was actually in my mind. Oh, I'm sorry, that mind. That scene was actually in my mind as well, like as being like a very good performance uh, out of the both of them, especially like the the Caleb cat. Yeah, because he was actually crying. 
Yeah, that was like legit tears. Like, yeah. oh shit. <laughs> and I thought it was interesting too for how hard his character wanted to come across. Mm-hmm. He didn't like try to hide his face or anything or like mm. stalk off. He was just like, no, like I really legitimately want to know. Yeah. Why like, do wait. you hate me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, it was. It was so great how Idris Elba, he didn't even, like, have a response to him. Not like, no, I don't hate you. He was just like, oh, shit. Like, he was just, like, quiet. For, like, went, a second. Then he, yeah. like, he put on a record. Yeah. Like, why is he putting music on? <laughs> like, I was thinking, like, okay, no one wants to listen to music right now. We mm. want to know why you hate your kid. Like. <laughs> yeah. And I think that kind of goes into the Idris Elba character of how he's he's unable to, like, express himself through words. And he has to do it through, like um action and like stuff music like music or hard work like yeah 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 like there was that really great uh there was that really great part uh and when he was saying like why do you hate me he like makes a reference of how um uh Ichizawa's character had made um like that that special seat for paris mm-hmm. to like ride the horse again because he hadn't ridden in like forever mm-hmm. and how he like how Caleb points out he's like you know you treat everybody like this you make uh you know weird chill like uh, handicap accessible like horse seats but like what the fuck it, what's going on with me but you can't even teach me how to ride like yeah, yeah and that's what he, what he wants to do like mm. um and it's a legitimate question because it's kind of hard mm. and we've all had someone in our lives that like they're like, trust me, if I had any problems with you, you'd know. But it's mm. like, that's kind of not enough. Like, I need to hear that you love yeah. me or like, you know. Mm. Um, so I thought that was good, too, because it wasn't like, even in that instance, he went into that story mm. about where how he named him. Who, Paris? No, Idris Elba's character. Oh, named oh, oh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Coltrane. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and like how he didn't get to spend time with him because he was at, you know in jail and he just wanted to spend time with his kid and yeah. it didn't work out and blah 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 mm. um he didn't hold him even though he was crying it wasn't it was a touching moment emotionally mm. but it wasn't like mm. like come here like let me hug you because i don't think they were there yet yeah and i think they did that well because it would have been a little bit like maybe a little too soon too, a little too soon yeah. and it does come later because obviously there's a little more trust mm. and Cole had seen Smush got shot and he had like all that blood on him and mm. like he was scared and mm. he was like, come here. And like he actually hugged him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's weird. It's like, I don't, I don't know if you caught this, but there was like a level of like, I got like a level of like symbology with that scene when, um, where, uh, where Harp, uh, Idris Elba's uh, character came to uh, and knew Cole was like hiding in the stocks. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, in the stables. And, like, it's like kind of this weird thing where, like, the light was kind of coming in. And mm-hmm. it almost gave me, like, this whole kind of, like, birth of Jesus kind of feel vibe to it. Because, like, how the light was coming, it was, like, shining in almost on Cole mm-hmm. while he's sleeping in the hay. Mm-hmm. And, like, how um, uh, how Cole had, like, blood on his hands from what happened to Smush mm-hmm. and, like, wiped his hands. And that's kind of like a symbology kind of thing of, like like uh like almost like jesus wiping like the dirty feet off of like people that he wants to save or he feels sorry for so like i don't know i got like this Mm -hmm. weird kind of like religious kind of like ideology while i was watching that yeah i could see that um i didn't but i can see it now that you're saying it yeah um well you missed it so you're wrong so (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, and that's what this podcast's all about. <laughs> the many times Kelsey is wrong, but exactly. more, not as much as Mark is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did like also how long it took Cole mm. to like come around. Yeah. Like, I think maybe what made his angst a little stereotypical is that sometimes stories don't do a good enough job mm. of giving you the reasons why up front mm-hmm. so he's just like getting into another fight in school and his mom's yelling at him about mm-hmm. like i don't know what else to do with you yeah and you're like okay but he like he looks irrational yeah like and also i'm kind of tired of seeing like black teenagers looking just irrational for the sake of being irrational even yeah, though you yeah. know there's angst and you know there's a reason why mm-hmm. they something a lot of the time mm-hmm. There's not a good enough elaboration of it, mm-hmm. and it just looks like they're hard-headed and fucking stupid. Yeah, I get what you're saying with that. Because um, I like, yeah, I didn't grow up. Definitely didn't grow up with the type of angst, obviously, that black people go through. Mm-hmm. But like, I did grow up with a stepmother that I thought hated me, and mm-hmm. I, I like, literally, at ten years old, would like visualize dropping my dollhouse over the stairs on top of her. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I hated her. Mm. And so, like, that level of hate, like, kind of, like, breaks you in a certain way. Yeah. But I didn't lash out at people. Like, mm-hmm. so I don't know. It was just, like, sometimes I feel like there's not a good enough explanation. You're just like, yeah, he's angry because mm. he doesn't have a dad. And he's mm. with a single mother who doesn't know how to raise him or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So your, so your whole thing is, like, it just they made his things a little too simple and not complex enough yeah or for mm. how hard it, he was yeah. in the beginning how angry yeah i think he either was too angry mm. and it made him look kind of crazy mm-hmm. or like there just wasn't enough story there to like justify it i get what you're saying yeah 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 i i, I can see where you're coming from um because like as you were telling me this i'm thinking of like yeah like those parts where you know the angst was coming around it was it wasn't say it was off-putting but it was in the sense some somewhat like you said stereotypical mm-hmm. even though like i said that is kind of like a regular thing but the way how it's presented is stereotypical mm-hmm. um but i think like with between ever between that and then like the scenes where he's like getting into the cowboy life and then being mm-hmm. around those people it like amplifies it it kind of makes you almost like forget that part of because beca- um Forget of the shortcomings of that part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I feel like he does come around, mm. so that's okay. Mm. And, it, and it wasn't like, I'm super fucking angry, and mm. now I'm super fucking okay with being a cowboy. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, there's a lot in between. Yeah, I'm like, I'm curious. Um, I'm actually curious to see, like, where the story would go, especially how it ends. Mm. Um, because, you know, like, how they lose the stable, and, um, like, it's just about... Uh, gets his horse back along with uh kayla uh cole's horse to get his horse back and stuff like that um and like i don't know it's like i'm curious of them trying to find like another stable to like take care of these horses and shit like that yeah like they're like yeah we'll figure it out and i'm like how you're, yeah you're poor like yeah i think and that's the thing you I, have a horse living in your fucking living room <laughs> yeah and i honestly think like i think if they um because like I'm trying to remember exactly where it started, like, dragging on. I Like, there was, like, a part. <sighs> okay, I, mm, 
damn, I can't think because like some of the stuff with like some of the stuff with Smush. I feel like some of that kind of like drags on a little bit too much. It does. I yeah. think it does too for the same reasons that I was kind of a little meh on how angry Cole mm-hmm. was in the beginning. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, Smush is like that fun loving guy who always gets in fucking trouble because he's like too charming and too bullheaded and too ambitious. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't think four steps ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like. Or he does think four steps ahead. I, I did like that reveal with Smush, uh, that the fact that, like, what he's doing is he wants to get enough money to, like, buy a ranch. That I did love because it wasn't mm. like, yeah, I just want to make lots of money and fuck these bitches and yeah. do these drugs. Or like, or, or like I just want to get out, you yeah. know? Yeah, he, like, he was like, I want to get out, but, like, here's where I want to go. Yeah, he's like... I'm totally about the cowboy life. I just don't want to do it the way these old heads do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah so that part I was like enjoying, um, but like this, and I and I get why they had to like essentially have him die because they had to give a, like a like a reality check for Cole. Like, mm-hmm. oh shit, you know my best buddy got shot and da 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 da. Right. Yeah. But like, I feel like wherever like that was coming, it was. It was kind of dragging it down. Like I want, like I said, I wanted to like know more of this community, of like these these horse ranchers and stuff like that. Like it's cool we see like the other side of like the gang life, the drug life, and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I was just like, art, like, yeah, we've already seen it like a thousand times. I think what they were really wanted to do mm. was make those two worlds collide, mm. because it's already so strange that you have. Well, to everybody else, mm. that you have these horse stables in the middle of the fucking city. Yeah. Right? But, like, how do they interact? And, like, how yeah. like how do these worlds collide? Mm. Because they still are black people living, like, in the poor part of the town. Like, mm. so, like, so, you know, there's going to be more than just, oh, they're cowboys. Mm. They are, but I'm sure they have people who are half in or half out. And, mm. like, they try not to have that. But, like, mm. obviously cole existed yeah yeah for a little bit anyway yeah um so there's this really great scene um in in terms of direction um okay so there's two there's two i can think of off the top of my head and it's like it's one is well i'll just go talk about them uh one is like the scene where uh it just character makes um that seat for paris so he can like ride ride his horse again mm-hmm. and it's like this really good like emotional scene because you because like when paris talks about like how he could end up in the wheelchair how his like little brother died the like the significance of of his horse's name and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then when he gets on that horse you like feel that emotion of just like he's not really expressing it a whole lot but he doesn't need it because you could just see it in his eyes like mm-hmm. holy shit i'm riding a horse again yeah you know? and i thought yeah. i thought that was like a really really good scene a really dope scene um, another part that I thought was like really fucking dope is when uh, Cole and Isha, Isha, yeah, fuck me for forgetting her name, Isha, um, like Isha like gives Cole a kiss, and mm-hmm. there's like this really, and I know you saw this too because we we were talking about this really great shot where the camera's like low to the ground but like upward, mm-hmm. and it's like this beautiful sunset of like them, like, like the golden light, like it wasn't quite a sunset, yeah. yeah, but the light was golden. It's like that golden hour, yeah, yeah, exactly. right before exactly. the sunset, exactly that golden hour, that golden moment and shit mm-hmm. like that. And that's something that like I've seen repeatedly in other Western films, but like not so much in like black Western films. Mm-hmm. And to see it like that and still have that same feel, just like damn, like they know what the fuck. And they maybe were doing. even more, like yeah. it's not just the same feel. It's like maybe even a little bit more because mm. 
I feel like the stakes are always a little bit higher. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I mean, like I said, it's, it's a really good film. I remember, I think it premiered, not so much South by Southwest, but I can't remember where it premiered, but like when it did, it was like, a lot of people were talking about it and Netflix was like, yoink, I need that shit. <laughs> I think they paid like $20 million for this movie. Jesus. Yeah. And I think it was valid. Um, oh, by the way, I think Idris Elba, they called him, they have it as harp, but mm. I always heard hop. Hop? Mm-hmm. I think I heard hop too. Um, and I got to really give it up to the director, uh, Ricky Staub. This is his first feature film. Really? Yeah, he's done like a number of shorts. He's done work on like Snow White and the Huntsman. Ew. <laughs> um, yeah, he's done, and he did a short film called The Cage, which I have never heard of, but it looks interesting. And yeah, watch, that, he watch, he's going to end up at Marvel. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Director of Black Panther 3, Ricky Staub. <laughs> People are like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but no, like for, for, uh, uh, first feature length, like this dude's like legit. Like I, I like really enjoyed this movie a lot. Yeah, I have to agree. I really like this movie. Um, is there anything else? Oh, I also really like when uh, him and Boo bonded. Him and who? Boo. The horse. Yeah, his horse. Because remember uh-huh. the first night, his dad says. The door gets locked at this time. I don't unlock it till the morning. So yeah, if you yeah. choose to leave, you're not coming back till the morning time. Yeah. And so he's, he's like, all right, I'll sleep here. But then the next night he was out all night with Smush. Yeah. And he didn't have anywhere to sleep. Uh-huh. So he ended up in this, like, just a random horse stall. Yeah. And he happened to be, the, like, nobody wanted to fuck with that horse. Oh, it was yeah, crazy. yeah. But you can see him. He's in there and the horse is like pushing his face on him and he's like like stiff like no like stay away from me don't eat me <laughs> like uh-huh. <laughs> i like that because it was he was like i gotta fucking sleep somewhere <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. like the the i like i don't know the story about like how the how they were able to like give it like that natural feel with like the horses and stuff like that but there are quite a few parts in the movie where like i don't know you feel like they were like maybe like maybe actually connecting with these horses horses are people too yeah, I know that. They taste delicious, too. <laughs> I'm joking. I've never had a horse meat. Yeah. I, like, I don't know. I'm not as amazed by that as, like, I would be a cat being trained to do shit. <laughs> okay. Because even though I connect with cats, mm. like, horses are more people than cats are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, that's, I mean, that's, like, the whole crux. Not the whole crux of the movie, but, like, they talk about, like, bonding with a horse and stuff like that and how you, like connect with it even paris had said something like um like cole was asking paris about like you know getting money for this and he goes oh he says like how much do these horses cost to take care of he goes he goes sometimes it takes your whole check like i'll feed the horse before i feed myself Mm -hmm. and it shows like that level of dedication and i feel like when paris said that i feel like that wasn't part of the script that he like really meant that yeah exactly like he he has like stories to tell yeah with that um so yeah so yeah it should it should definitely check it out like I don't know what place it is in, in Netflix, but like I said, when I when it was at a when it premiered at a film festival, it was getting a lot of reviews from critics, a lot of a lot of good reviews. Yeah, um, I'm surprised like a lot of people aren't really talking about it now. Yeah, because you know it's a black film. Yeah, I know. So that's probably why black people are in it. Never more. Yeah, like uh, yeah. I already know what they're trying to say. I know black people and horses impossible. <laughs> How unrealistic. I know, right? Stupid. <laughs> 
Um, all right, what we got next? Next, we are going to do our variety time. So, mm-hmm. I'm really excited about this segment. Why? Because <laughs> it's called <laughs> the search for a motherfucking plant. <laughs> All right. So this is this is this is my time to take the mic. <laughs> your your turn to shine. I know. Um, okay. So uh, for those who don't know, I've um, I've been at, I've been attending school, um, community college. I'm working on my associate's degree, and I'm getting all my general ed done and all that kind of stuff. And I am currently in a uh, horticulture class, and that's the study of like plants and stuff uh-huh. like that, right? So it's, it's I, I chose it because um, my mother like raised me to take care of plants and stuff like that, and how to like feed and plant them and you know like all like the necessary things to make sure like your plants grow not necessarily crops i've been really wanting to get into it but i got into the class i'm like all right i'm interested in this stuff so this shouldn't be too much of an issue so um part of our midterm project was we had to um the teacher gave myself and the students like a list of like plants um and they were grassy weeds broad leaves like ornamental trees and i forgot what the other one is um but they were like they were like stuff you can see in california that is like all over the place mm-hmm. i mean not like necessarily all over the place but they're like weeds and certain like types of grass like uh crabgrass and stuff like that right mm-hmm. dandelions and stuff like that right and you have to um f- find it identify it and put it together like pictures and like this is this plant by their latin name but this is like their common name Okay, so uh, I had been searching for these plants, and it's like 25 or 20, I think it's 25. I think 20, it was 25. 25 plants I had to find, 25 plants and like weeds. Mm-hmm. All right, and the teacher doesn't tell you where to look. He especially do the research yourself to have an idea of where to look. All right, cool. So it, to me, it's like a scavenger hunt. I'm like, all right, cool. I, I like scavenger hunts. This is definitely fun. So... I'm going to like these multiple locations. I'm going like even like during like my walks or my jogs, I would like keep an eye out for a certain plant. I'd be like, all right, there's a plant. Boom. Take a picture of it. Um, Because he said like you got to have like at least two pictures minimum. Of Uh, each? Yeah, of each plant. And but not like not like different like different plants of the same plant. Um, like, oh, here's one picture of the plant. Here's at a different angle. Okay. Or like close, you know, stuff like that. Like you know? far and close or. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm actually pretty good. I was actually pretty good on it. the first day. I was like knocking them out. Doom, 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 doom. Right. And then I came up on this plant. It's called the castor. It's, it's a, called a castor bean plant. Uh, it's lad name is like Rickness Comonus or something like that. Um, Kelsey, how do you say Because you're better at shit. I See? think it's like R- Ricinus communis. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, castor bean plant, they have castor oil. Um, if you eat it, it's like a toxin. It's like eating poison. They, you, know, you don't eat it, but you make castor bean oil with it, right? So, I go to like a couple of locations to find it. Can't find it, right? It's this big, like leafy plant, right? It actually has two colors. During the summer, it's like... No, I think during the winter, it's like purple. And during the summer or the spring, it turns green, mm-hmm. right? But I knew what the plant looked like. I, I had 
an image of the planet buried in my fucking mind. Mm-hmm. Knew what it looks like, right? Or looked like. So definitely not like weed plants. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking for this plant. And I can't fuck find. For some reason, this plant. I'm like, I keep thinking, I gotta find this plant. This. And it's, it's not like you get more points depending on what plant you find. If just someone, I was some reason I was just obsessed with this fucking plant, right? So, going, to, I, I go on uh, like hikes. I go on hiking trails, right? And I get to an area where I think I see the plant, mm-hmm. but it's like it's far off and through like a lot of like twigs and shrubbery and bushes and stuff like that. I'm just like I'm not walking in there because I don't know what the fuck's gonna bite me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got close enough to take a picture to to maybe think that was it, right? I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I think that was it, right? But I, I, when it comes to school, I'm almost like a perfectionist. Like I have to get like the highest grade, or I just start like harking on it. Like, why did I get a B? Why did I get a B? Even though high school Mark would be like, B, oh shit, I'm doing great. But <laughs> Mark now is like, no, I need an A plus plus. Yeah. Or I don't fucking sleep. <laughs> Kelsey can't Kelsey can contest this because she has seen me, like, obsess over shit when it comes to school. Yeah. Um, so to the point where you get a 93 and you're like, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, it's a 93. It's good. <laughs> yeah, I got, like, a, a side note. I got a B on, like, my last photo project. And to me, I'm like, fuck it. Because like, I was just getting A's on those fucking projects. I got a fucking B. What, which project was that? The the, the light project. Remember no, the, you got an A. You got a 90. 22. 22 you got a 22 and a half out of 25. I, did the, I always oh. do the math every single time. Okay. You tell me. Okay, all right. No, that's still a problem. That's still a problem. Because normally I get a 25. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you understand that. <laughs> all right. So I go to, uh, I go to uh, the, the college out here, the Cal Poly. They have like a, a nursery area or whatever. Like they have a whole horticulture uh, area, right? And I go there. I walk to I I walk around. And I find this uh, nice young lady, and I'm like, yeah, I'm looking for like this specific plant. And she's like, okay, yeah, it doesn't look like that. It looks like this. I'm like, yeah, yeah I know, but where can I find it? And she's just like, um, well, you, you know, they kind of they they're kind of like all over the place, but like you kind of have to find them. Like they're hidden, but like they they pop up here and there. She's like very helpful. I know, right? She's like giving me like yes and no yes and no answers at the same yeah. time, right? And she's like, oh, just go to this area and go on this hike trail. You'll find I don't know exactly where, but you should find it here, right? So I go to this area and I'm like, kind of, it's behind the college, right? And I'm like walking, but I'm by myself, mm. and I'm like, I like I don't normally go hikes by myself. But if I do, I get super fucking paranoid. <laughs> like, I'm just expecting, like, a cougar or a mountain lion just to be like, you're fucked up. I didn't know that about you because I thought you actually liked going hiking alone. I Like I said, I have. Because you do stuff alone, but so I figured you did. Yeah, yeah. But if it's like, but that's the, if it's like on a trail that normally has a lot of people, it, you're really never alone. Yeah. But like, for example, like when I hiked up to uh, hike slash walk to Griffith Observatory, mm-hmm. I was by myself for a while. And Griffith's Resort has known to have mountain lions. Yeah. And I was by myself for a good while. <laughs> to the point, like, I would have been fucked if I got, if I got caught up. So that was a, that was a success, right? Even though I think I got the plant, it's, it's not good enough. I need a clear picture of the plant, mm-hmm. right? Looking for the plant, looking for the plant. Couldn't find it, right? So then I turned in the project um, with the picture that I had and the other pictures. And like I said, the picture of the castor bean, I, what I think is the castor bean plant, but like from a distance. I turn it in, 
the teacher takes it in. He doesn't really comment on it. I guess he looked at it and was like, yeah, I guess that's it too, blah, 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 right? All right. So, recently, like as in just this past Saturday, I'm going on a bike trail with my daughter. And there's a bike path that we can take. We come up to this bike path and it has a wooden bridge. The bridge is closed down because I guess it was, it caught on fire or something like that. So we had to like walk around it. We walk around and we, to get to the other side. And what do I see? The motherfucking caster bean plant just right there. <laughs> Fucking right there. And I'm like pissed. <laughs> Because this trail, I've taken a shitload of times. It's actually near a street that I drive down quite often. Uh And the fucking plant was right there. And I'm like, to the point, I'm just like, are you serious? To the point where I'm almost yelling at this plant. Like, are you fucking serious? I hit the mic. (laughs) You have your kid with you. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, Leia is like next to me. I'm like, Leia, look at this plant. She's like, what? And I'm like, it's a casserole plant. That's the plant I would fucking look and fucking motherfucking find this motherfucking right here. Where the fuck? I'm like yelling. I'm like, where the fuck were you? I needed you, man. What the fuck is wrong with you? Where the? You fucked up my project. You know, this kind of shit. And my daughter's looking at me like... Oh, he's lost it. Oh, shit. I think dad finally snapped. (laughs) I think... I think I took pictures of it, too. I think I took pictures of it. And so, yeah. So, like... I So, so I'm just like, there's a fucking plant. So, we go go back on the bike trail. We, like, do our thing. We're coming back. And I walk by it. I'm like, fuck you, man. Fuck to the fucking plant. (laughs) Fuck you. It's in no way the plant's fault. Did you kick it? No, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> but I'm just like, don't get me wrong. There's a part of me that want to punch it. <laughs> That's why I asked. <laughs> and it, but like I, I'm like, there's that fucking plant. What fucking is that? You know, I'm gonna tell Kelsey about this fucking plant. And so <laughs> and she's gonna come over here and she's gonna fuck it up. <laughs> that was like tempted to like bring you to the plant. <laughs> <laughs> so like and so like later i think like later that day you should have facetimed me oh i know oh i don't know why i didn't do that holy I, shit you forgot to have an iphone yeah I, i've had it for like a year now yeah i did i just never occurred to me because i guess i was just so fucking fierce as this fucking plant you know because <laughs> it would have just been me facetime like look at this fucking plant, look at that, look at that. you know all that shit <laughs> So like, and I tell Kelsey about the plant, like while we're driving down, driving down another street, we're just driving. I like the next day we're driving down the street or whatever. And I'm talking about this plant. Like, oh yeah. We were going to LA. No, 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 no. This was like Sunday. We were dropping off my daughter. We were uh, talking about that plant. Oh, I thought you were to- actually told me on Saturday because we went to LA on Saturday. No, 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 no. It was, it was, no, because Sunday was when I went on the rant oh. and like Leia was, Leia was in the back seat, and I was, and I remember telling Kelsey about this. I was like, and all I kept saying was motherfucking plant this motherfucker doing this motherfucking thing there's the motherfucking plant like i'm a every time i see that plant fuck that motherfucking plant like makes me think of samuel jackson (laughs) (laughs) i had he was in my heart (laughs) motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane yeah this motherfucking plant (laughs) on this motherfucking trail (laughs) yeah so like that caster bean plant fuck that plant i was so fucking mad (laughs) it's on your shit list it's on my shit list and then here's the fucking kicker here's the kicker I talked to my teacher about the assignment because he called me because I didn't find every single plant. And there were some plants I got wrong. And he was like, 
this plant's wrong, this plant's not this plant, this plant's not this plant, and you're missing like three other plants. And I told him, I said like, well, I just couldn't find those plants. I went looking for, I couldn't physically find them and take a picture. So that's why they're missing. And he was like, oh, you can just download the picture. Come to fucking find out. Come to motherfucking find out. I was not even supposed to go out and look for these fucking plants. I could just download them and then post it, put them in the, put them in a, uh, what's it called? Uh, PowerPoint and turn it in. <laughs> I didn't even have to. So all this struggle, because tr- trust me, it wasn't just me. Uh, Kelsey helped me. Uh, my girlfriend helped me. Leah helped me. Um, or sorry, my daughter helped me trying to find these plants because I thought I had to physically be there to take the picture so he can actually be like, all right, this, these people went out to look for this plant. The reason why I was confused by this is because um, since since everything is closed and we're doing I'm doing online classes or we're all doing online classes, um, and his and the teacher's audio instructions was like, oh, you're gonna have to go out and find these plants. He, this teacher not realizing that he said that and this that recording was an old audio file, so it, it was like last year's or two years ago or some shit like that. He didn't update it, and he didn't say specifically, just download them. You don't have to go out and find these plants. Just download them and do your research. Yeah. Yeah. And I can attest to that. Yeah, and like, Kelsey was just like, what? <laughs> you know, she was upset about that, too. But yeah, I didn't even have to go out and fucking find this fucking plant. I got, I'm getting all fucking angry about this fucking plant because I couldn't fucking find, fuck, I'm saying fuck a lot. <laughs> find this motherfucking plant. Go to find out. I didn't even have to find this motherfucking plant at all. I just had to download it. And like that was it. <laughs> End of fucking story. Now we are going to do our, geri- <laughs> our geriatric cinematic of Bicycle Thieves. <laughs> Good job is fine. I'm studying tomorrow. Hey, Nintendo! I found a job today and I can't take it. A job? A city job with good pay. Oh, I need my bicycle. What will you do? What can I do? 7500. Is that better? <laughs> Tonight you saw the hat band title. <laughs> I feel like I'm a man of change. I've been cursed since the day I was born. Here again is Vittorio De Sica's greatest triumph and most famous film, The Bicycle Thief. This film came out in 1948, and the synopsis is, In post-war Italy, a working-class man's bicycle is stolen. He and his son set out to find it. Directed by Vittorio De Sica. Mm. Uh, written by a lot of Italian people that most people probably have not heard of. <laughs> um, it stars Lamberto Magliorani and Enzo Staiola. Um, so yeah, uh, Bicycle Thieves, 1948. Um, I came across this film maybe about like 12, 13 years ago, I think. Um, I was taking a class and, uh, it was called Italian Culture Through Cinema, 
one of the best classes I ever took because we just watched a bunch of Italian films. And then at the end of watching the Italian film, we would talk about it for maybe like 20, 30 minutes. And then the teacher was like, okay, here's your question and write an essay about it. It was like two pages or something like that, right? So I watched a lot of great Italian classic films, like a lot of uh, like Amacore. Uh, of course, I watched Eight and a Half. Um, Bicycle Thieves is one of them. Bronco, uh, I think it's called like Bronco and His Brother, The Seven Wives, Life is Beautiful, like a uh, like divorce Italian style and stuff like that. Um, a lot of great Italian films. So this one, I was actually really looking forward to showing Kelsey this because it's like a neorealism film, and I've I've dragged my feet in introducing those films to Kelsey's like filmography or like her mind. Um, but I was really excited to actually show her this movie. Um, so with that, I have to ask Kelsey, what did you think about it? I actually liked the film. Really? Yeah, there was some aspects of it that were like, like I always like it when you're brought to reality of a different time. Mm-hmm. And and I felt like I was there. Like I understood the um, the poverty and like, Mm. and how these people were trying to work to uh, to survive and the anxiety this man had over his bike being stolen oh yeah 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 um so i really enjoyed it um some of the scenes were like a little slow but yeah honestly if you're gonna put it into like a realistic type setting you're gonna expect to maybe sit around a little bit while you're waiting mm for something i don't know like it didn't take you out of it at all it like was totally oh you're talking about the slow pacing mm-hmm. okay yeah i got because it wasn't all slow yeah but the parts where they're they're standing still basically mm-hmm. they felt like you're just on this journey with them like it, it yeah. was well placed yeah yeah absolutely um like there's like a lot of directors who like absolutely love this film this is like one of stanley kubrick's like favorite films of all time um and the story, the story of this film, it's funny because like this, a lot of neorealism films take place after like World War II, I believe, um, and it like covers like poverty and like uh, socialism and like religion and stuff like that. But this movie mainly focuses like on poverty and like some aspects of religion. You can take this film and apply it, like today, because mm-hmm. like the struggles of like people trying to survive. And like how Especially you, with the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like the thing you said about like like the journey and like how like this bike is like this bike is essentially like this dude's world mm-hmm. and, and his son's world, you know. And that's something that so many people take for granted now. Like something so small and minute, or something that makes it so insignificant to others, mm-hmm. like a bicycle, can essentially be like the key to a, a successful life because if he didn't have this bike he didn't have a fucking job right and it was like a from at that time it was a damn uh, damn good paying job and it was hard to get any job exactly, anyway exactly exactly yeah exactly like this was like a so fortunate day and it's, and it's so fucked up um in the movie because the wife they have to like the husband and wife they have to sell their sheets to get this bike back well, yeah, beginning. because at the beginning, the the bike was pawned. Yeah, yeah. And so they offered him the job, and he's like, well, I don't, can I just, like, not use the bike? For yeah. The, and they're like, no, you absolutely need a bike. Mm. So you're taking the job or not. He's like, all right, I'll take it. So then 
him and his wife have to figure out how to get this bike out of the pawn shop. And yeah. So they sell their sheets. Mm. Just kind of a weird cultural thing. I never even thought about that. Like, yeah. um, And so they get the bike back and everything's hunky-dory for a little bit. But mm. for like a day. <laughs> yeah. Not even. Um, so given given that the fact that like these two actors didn't really have any training in acting at all like the director like purposely was like um the director purposely like didn't want to f- actually get actual actors because he wanted to have some level of like i know fuck this word but authenticity to it to like the struggle i think malcolm and murray killed that word <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> um but so so what did you think of the performance from from these two actors it was good mm-hmm. um I don't know if it was him or how it was written, but uh, Lamberto Maggiorani, mm-hmm. he the father, he like sometimes he seemed like I don't know maybe rushed or like I don't know it was weird. I don't know how to explain it. Like it, it didn't feel like he was acting, but it didn't feel stiff either. I don't know. Mm. Like it, it didn't. I felt like more like the kid felt like an actor than the dad did. Well, yeah, that, I mean that's amazing because like even the kid, like the the way how uh, uh, De Seca, I think that's his last name, uh, the, how the director, how he got the kid the, who would play Bruno, um, they were like setting up shots to like start shooting, and he actually I don't think he really had a kid at the time, mm-hmm. and he saw this kid just kind of just hanging out, just looking. And oh, yeah. he just saw like how the kid was like reacting to some of the people and how he's moving around. He was like, "All right," and he got that kid. Yeah. And like that was, it. and I gotta admit that that kid was like legit good because there's a scene where, um, where the father like slaps him in the face. It's like happens out of nowhere where he just snaps and like smacks him, right? And I mean back then they didn't really give a shit, so they would actually smack kids. Yeah. <laughs> but like when he smacks him, that kid's ha- he still has to like keep his composure to a an extent and mm-hmm. like follow the direction and the kid was able to still do it without an issue yeah you know um even if it Maybe was like he was used to getting slapped around. oh i know right? <laughs> he's like all right i've done it before um so like yeah that kid was like really good uh when it came to his performance um i thought it was funny too in the beginning when you meet him he's like you know wiping down the bike mm-hmm. and like tuning it up or whatever and like it's really funny because you get a sense like he's almost older than his age. Like he yeah. he, he seems like he's like a twenty something year old guy, <laughs> you know, like working at like a gas station mechanic. Yeah. And then of course, like his job is actually to pump gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I just felt like he was like a twenty year old man and like an eight-year-old's body or some shit yeah i would imagine that like at that time he had seen some shit so he kind of had he probably had that mentality probably um yeah but speaking of that scene where like he's like tuning up tuning up his dad's bike it was almost like if that was his dad's car like you can can equate that to like america of like kids like i'm really proud of my dad's car it looks so shiny maybe i'll drive it one day you know he does it like that but it's like a bike i used to hug and kiss my dad's car (laughs) What what kind of car was it (laughs) It was an old Hyundai <laughs> something. <laughs> no one should be hugging and kissing their Hyundai. <laughs> Why not? I like my Hyundai. Do you hug and kiss it? No. Okay. Well, prove my point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it was like one of those things that my dad would drop. I would only see him on the weekends. Mm. And like, 
I didn't want him to go, so it was like a way for me to make him stay a little bit longer. To like... <laughs> By bear hugging the car, like, don't leave! He takes off. <laughs> no, it wasn't that dramatic. It was just like, okay, I gave you a hug and a kiss. But you can't leave yet, because I still got to hug and kiss your car. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's so adorable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what did, you think, what did you think of the direction with this film? I thought direction was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I like all the different parts of the city that they were. Mm-hmm. I it, it one of the most um, the memorable scenes for me is are when the people on the all the bikes with the mm-hmm. ladders. Oh yeah, are yeah, yeah. leaving yeah. and they're all kind of going funneling in the same street and taking the same turn and I'm like, God, one of them is gonna hit the other <laughs> one with the fucking ladder. Yeah, yeah. Um, like that to me was like a really great shot yeah and um and i think it's funny too how one guy taught um the father how to hang up like one poster and says don't fuck it up and like that was it because you know get fined or some shit and then that was it yeah goodbye (laughs) and he's like trying to figure out how to do these posts like this poster and that's when he gets his bike stolen it's funny because you know he's gonna get his bike stolen i thought when they went to go see the like the mystic lady or whatever Mm mm-hmm I thought he was gonna get his bike stolen then, and I like. Yeah, seriously, it plays. It plays. It plays with your perspective. Like, oh, it's gonna happen here. It's gonna happen here. Yeah. Yeah. I like how he did that. Like, for me, I know, like that little bit of cleverness is maybe timeless, but it always surprises me when you see it in like older things. Yeah, like when I when I rewatched this movie with you, it, that because I, I remember thinking about that when I first saw it, and then when I saw it again, you know, just this week, I was like. Wait, it's, this is the part where they still look bike. I think this is the part because this is the way how it was like set up. Yeah, you're just like it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. But then like when it does happen, it happens at the most wrongest time. Like when he goes sees the um, the mystic lady, it like makes sense why that would happen because his eyes were like his eyes. He was like he's he was, really not paying attention. Yeah, to and he it. was really away from the bike. He was like a good like I don't know like 30, 40 feet or something like that, and and in another room. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when he gets his bike stolen, it's so fucked up because it's no more than like six feet from him. Mm-hmm. And it's while he's working his first, I don't know if it's his first day, but it's, it's one of his days where he's at work. Yeah. And it, it's so messed up. And the another thing that like really break another part of the movie that breaks my heart with it comes to the bike being stolen is when he gets in the car, he, you know, he gets on somebody's car and he's like, Hey man, like follow that guy. He has my bike. And another guy's like, yeah, I saw him. Yeah. Follow him. He's going this way. But that was not the correct direction. Oh, no. Like, at all. And it was just like, it was like, if that dude didn't jump on board and was like, yeah, go this way, he might have actually, like, known where the bike had gone or been having a better idea of where the bike was going to go. Yeah. Instead of, like, the obvious spot. And then it's funny because they give you hope that maybe you'll find it in, like, a chop shop type scenario. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you're you're kind of thinking in your head, like if this is where they're gonna go look for that bike, yeah, and they think they've already taken it apart for parts, mm-hmm. then he's never gonna get that thing back. And they're stringing you along this whole time, yeah, like oh, it could be here, it could be there, um, and then it, it is heartbreaking towards the end too when you see the he finds the kid who stole his bike, yeah, and like. Like, the dude is in the right. He, like, knows this is that guy. He's, like, he's, he not only saw him once. He saw him, like, two or three more times. Like, that's the guy. That's the guy who sold my bike. And when he finally corners him, everybody in this little section of the town where the kid is from already has his back. 
And they're just like, they don't give a, like, they see this dude coming in and he's like, this kid stole my bike, right? And he's so, um, he knows it for a fact so much that his son gets the cops. The cop gets, the cop gets involved and he's like, yeah, this dude stole my bike, you know, this isn't that. And even the cop is like, hey, you don't have any evidence. And everybody, everybody in this little section is going to say you're lying. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Exactly. And it just like crush you get to see it just crushes that dude it doesn't crush him completely because we get a, a a harder crush later on but just like him the cop telling that it's like like i said it can be placed now mm-hmm. where someone's like no like they did it wrong the cop's like well what are you gonna do about it you don't have any evidence exactly fuck off you know yeah yeah i remember getting my bike stolen as a kid too oh he told me about that, that sucks <laughs> that honestly sucks. i really hated riding my bike though I've never enjoyed riding bike. Oh, so they did you a favor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's what happens when you leave your bike out. I, I would be heartbroken if my bike got stolen, even though I have like, uh, like uh, what's it called, a bike lock and everything that can't really be cut. Mm. If it, someone stole it, I'd be like, oh, man. Yeah, because you like bike riding. Yeah, it's fun. It hurts me. That's why you should do it more. <laughs> Feel that hurt. Become one with no, that hurt. I can't. <laughs> okay. I just can't do it. Um. I'd rather walk for like twenty miles than ride a bike. Oh, you've done those hikes with me too, yeah. I, I like for me that's just more a better use of my energy. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk. Let's talk about that scene where the father is like he has that inner conflict. Like he's been like a good man for the entirety of the movie. He's been a good man. Mm-hmm. He's tr- he's trying to find this bike. He knows it's. Uh, uh, it provides a better life for his family, him and his wife and his, like two kids. Um, and he's been honest, but like there's been times where like you can see like him kind of slowly br- like chipping away of his um his exterior. Yeah, his exterior of like of a good man, mm-hmm. like that part where he, like he gets that old guy, and he's like like he he knows the old guy's connected to the kid who sold his bike, mm-hmm. and he's like almost like manhandling the old dude. Yeah. And like trying to like kidnap him almost. Yeah, well, fuck that old guy because he ran away because <laughs> he knew because he knew he fucked up. Yeah. Um, but like that part where, uh, where the father sees all these bikes, and you can tell he, he's like calculating. He's like, "Do I do this?" Like, and he tells his son, "Like, go there, and I'll be I'll be back soon." All these bikes were parked because everyone was watching like a soccer game or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And he like takes that bike, and when he takes the bike, fucking everyone is on him yeah you know as opposed to like what should have happened before when when like two or three times where he was like bye he was like thief 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 and nobody like helped him yeah. except for like that one guy who didn't really help him yeah but when he still is the bike like everybody's on him and it like crushes his soul because he's like holy shit i'm no better better than that kid mm-hmm. what's what's your what's your your take on like that whole scene like, do you think that I would agree that he's not any better than the kid? No, no, like, would you, like, like, would you take away from that? Um, that was heartbreaking because that is definitely has a lot of realism in it. Mm-hmm. Like, you do whatever you can for your family. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's hard because, like, put a black person in that role and mm-hmm. it's not going to get as much empathy. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, like, but you have empathy for him because, like, he's just trying to provide for his kid. And that's 
not always, but like a lot of the reason why people do the shit that they do. Mm. So they can make some money to fucking survive. Um, so I like, I don't know. I thought that was a great scene. I like how they kept like looking back at that one single bike. Mm. Like, is it better to steal that one in the alley mm. or this big pile of bikes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he waited too fucking long. Like, and mm-hmm. I, you know what I was thinking too to myself? I was like, God damn, like. If I was doing that, I would have a hard time, too. And yeah. I would wait too long, too. Yeah, yeah. And then I would get my ass caught because I didn't just fucking do it. Yeah, and I think... I that, made myself, like, look suspicious. Yeah, and I think that speaks volumes of, like, when, when people, when you're, like, when you're being kicked around so much of, like, trying to better yourself or to try to make a better situation if you're living. And, like, you have that one moment of, like... Like, everything that you've worked hard on to be a good man or a good woman, you know, a good kid, whatever. And you have that one moment where you, where it's going to, like, define you. Because you know for fucking well, especially, like, how the movie ended, mm. that, like, he did, that he stole that bike. And, like, all these people were, like, on him. And his kid essentially witnessed everything that was happening. Mm-hmm. So, like, he, like, sets a standard for his kid now. Because now his kid's probably going to look at him differently. Like, holy shit, like, my dad... Maybe he's not a good man after all because he's mm-hmm. willing to like steal somebody else's bike. Yeah, you know, and like they walk away like in the crowd, and it's this very like it's neo realism, so it's this very dour ending. Yeah, where it's just like, oh, maybe they survive, maybe they don't. <laughs> that makes me think of uh, the one time I got caught stealing. What would happen there? I was in kindergarten, uh-huh. and it was like show and tell day. Okay. So, of course, I bring my, like, white teddy bear with the pajamas with the glow-in-the-dark stars and clouds on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this other kid brought a little glass bottle of sand art. Oh, okay. And I was, like, so jealous of that thing. Oh, my God. Right? Uh-huh. So, it was, like, they had handed out, like, book order papers that day uh-huh. for, like, the book fair. Yeah. And we had, we were filing past the desk to get a book or put a book back or something. Mm. And I took the um, the book fair paper with me and I tried to like slyly <gasps> take the sand art, you know, when no one could see behind the paper. And I took it. But of course the kid's like, she took my sand art. And oh then, my God. <laughs> and I was like, no, this is mine. I've always <gasps> had. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but the teacher's like, Nah, give it back. Oh, like, my God. And then that kid was, like, giving me this evil eye for, like, ever. And that's when you had to move away. <laughs> <laughs> I moved every single school year anyway for it a long out, time. It worked out for you. Yeah. I bet he probably he probably still thinks about, like, that fucking little girl stealing my sand art. You know what? That's... <laughs> I think it was a girl. Oh, is it a little girl? Yeah. You know what? I'm, <laughs> I'm going to share a story. I'm going to share a story of the... Last time I got caught stealing. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I might have been like 16 or, I think it was maybe 17, 16 or 17. And um, uh, my mom had dropped me off at uh, Kaiser, uh, the Kaiser Hospital um, for, I had a, for some appointment. I can't exactly remember what, but I was able to go by myself. Like, my mom dropped me off there. She was like, you know, I'll pick you up in, like, a number of hours or something like that. Mm. So, went there, did my appointment, whatever, and I walked out, and I had, like, maybe, like, an hour or two to kill. Mm. Um, 
and I had some weed on me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I decided to like smoke a bowl, right? So I got really high, and I got really hungry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got really fucking hungry. So I walked across the street where there's a Kmart, and I was like, and I didn't have any money. I was like, fuck, I'm hungry. And I was like, all right, let me see if I can like jack some shit, right? <laughs> So I walk in, right, high as fuck, looking suspicious as fuck. And I'm walking around the store, and I grab, like, a bag of M&Ms, mm-hmm. a small bag of M&Ms, right? And I put it in my pocket. And I'm like, that's not going to be enough. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So I walk, and I see a, <laughs> I see a can of Pringles. I've ever told you this story. Holy shit. There's a can of Pringles, right? And I'm wearing baggy pants. Uh. So I get the Pringles and I stick it in my sock with the underneath my baggy pants, right? Thinking like it's gonna like cover it up, right? Uh I'm like, all right, all right, I'm cool, I'm cool. So I'm walking, I walk out of the store. I walk out of the store and I'm like, okay, cool, I'm home free, right? And as I'm walking out, I notice this dude like walks around me. And he's walking kind of fast, and he, like, turns to look at me, right? And I'm just like, but he keeps walking. I'm like, okay, so he, he comes around the, the building? Mm. I'm like, okay, whatever. And when I get around the corner, that dude is there waiting for me. And I turn around. There's already another dude behind me. Oh, no. And I was like, fuck, I got caught. So I, <laughs> I look at I look at both of them, and I go, all right, all right, you guys caught me. You guys caught me. <laughs> So I stick the Pringles and I like, boom, I, I, I get the Pringles out and like, boom, I get the M&M's, boom, like, all right, that's it. And he looks at me and he's like, you have anything else? He like touches me and everything like that. I'm like, no, I don't have anything else. And I had like, I had like wallet and keys or something like that. Luckily, they didn't, they didn't, I don't know if it was a pipe or it might have been a joint I had. But, and I looked at him, I was like, I was like, sorry guys, like, I was just really hungry. I, I you know. I need to eat and I didn't have any money. He was like, well, where's your mom? You know, because obviously I was a kid. And he was like, where's your mom? You know, I'm not your mom. Where's your parents? And I told him, um, I was like, she dropped me off like over at Kaiser. So she won't be back for a couple hours. And they just looked at me and they looked at each other like, all right, but don't ever come back to the store again. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> Walked out. <laughs> that was it. I got lucky. I know, right? I had a um, dream about stealing something from Target a few weeks ago. I think I told you about it. Oh my, I think you did. You did. It was like her. an empty flower planter or some <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, okay, so with the title of, of Bicycle Thieves, do you think it refers to like, do you think it refers to the, to the, to the father and the son? I think it does, but mm. like... I don't want it to. I know, right? Yeah, because like when you, if you've never watched this movie and you see Bicycle Thieves, you think like, oh, there's some bad people and some, th- that's the antagonist, a bicycle thief or something like that. Which it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, but by the end of the movie, it leaves you thinking like, well, does the title refer to the husband, and, uh, to the husband, to the father and the son? Yeah. You know? And I think it does, but I wish it didn't. Yeah. And the thing about it is like that dude will always be late, like, if he ever goes in that area again, he'll always be labeled as a bicycle thief because people people remember people. Yeah, like they remember. I, faces. I don't remember anybody. But. Yeah, but <laughs> but in that time they remember faces. So yeah. if they see him again, they're gonna be like, "That's the bicycle thief." Like everybody keep a fucking eye on him. Yeah, exactly. It's just fucked up. Yeah, you know? you know he's always seen as a bicycle thief, but that kid who got away with it, like, seen as innocent. And you know he was like, like there's a difference. Like that kid stole. Mm-hmm. 
for whatever fucking reason, but he had a bad attitude. Oh, yeah. Like, he just enjoyed doing that shit. Yeah. And then this father needs to do it because he's like, I need a fucking bike for work. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, like, he's the bicycle thief. Like. Yeah. I mean, there you go. I mean, that's fucking neorealism. That's what that shit is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, not, a, not all of it's really bad, but, like, some of it's good. Some of it's in a good way. Some of it's in a funny way. Mm, I can't wait to watch that one movie. Which one? The one I was telling you about that you told me about with the houses. Oh, uh, I think it's called like the roof. Oh yeah, that's a neorealism film. But that that's I won't tell you how it, I won't tell you if it's good or bad at the ending. But like it, it, it trust me, it, it gives you suspense. I think you did tell me the ending already. And I hope you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope I forgot too, because I honestly don't know if I'm right or not. <laughs> um. So, you know, with all that, uh, I have to ask Kelsey, like, do you think this movie still holds up? Um, not for, like, the large mass of people, but, like, for mm. cinephiles, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I feel like some of the pacing is kind of off, or, like, mm. people might get tired of just watching a guy look around frantically, but, like... Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, t- like, today's generation would be like... This is boring. This is boring. He's a, I'm going to scroll Facebook while I'm not watching this. Oh, I have to read? What? <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I forgot I had to read the subtitles. Really? Oh, because you were just doing it? It just kind of like clicked with you? Or I you don't just... know that that's ever happened to me. You know, like how when you read a book mm-hmm. and you forget that you're reading the words? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that happened to me. Really? With this movie. Oh, wow, okay. I forgot I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you said subtitles, and for a second I was like, wait, there were subtitles? <laughs> Maybe, well, that's it. This comes, that comes to you naturally now. Yeah. Just reading subtitles. I'm not saying that, like, I'm not saying Kelsey had a problem watching movies with subtitles. It's just, it's just something that's a party, you know? You're just like, oh, cool, subtitles, whatever. It depends on the subtitles, too, because sometimes they go so fast mm-hmm. that you can't watch the movie because you're too busy reading. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's I true. hate that. Yeah. But this one I mean, this one doesn't have that problem at all because no. it's like, that's another thing that's good about, like, Italian, uh, a lot of old Italian cinema films is, like, there's not a whole lot of subtitles to read, but, like, the words that come out is so poignant and, like, it hits it hits at home every time. Like, there's a reason why they say this and say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I still think this film holds up. I know you said like it holds up, but maybe more for cinephiles. I think people who aren't cinephiles should definitely watch it. They they should do the what Bong Joon Ho said, like get past that one inch barrier, yeah, and like just watch it because you can relate to the story now to to today, and I, it's something that I think like a lot of people should watch. It's like I know it's um, I know it's like considered like one of the greatest films ever, and I would mm-hmm. have to agree with that because like even like rewatching it, I'm just like fuck, this movie's so good. Like yeah. I, I still like love watching that movie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, anything else? Nope, that's it. Okay, so that's it for our show for this week. Uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us. Um, we would especially like to thank uh, Your Entertainment Corner for hosting our podcast on their website. Um, <clears throat> uh, you can find all your film news, TV news, and reviews on yourentertainmentcorner.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I always forget that. Where our lovely co-host Kelsey Loisel writes for as well. Yeah. Um, I know you spoke to Judy. Are you got? Do you have another review coming up soon? Or? No. Um. Recently, she handed one to me and Dustin. Oh, really? So another guy on the on, on the, the site. site. Yeah. Or like late last week, and then 
I was like, okay, well, I'm actually really busy at work, oh, yeah, so yeah. like I'll look at it after work. Oh, okay. And then I never did because he was like, yeah, I'll take it. Mm. I'm like, all right. <laughs> um. So what else? Oh yeah. So yes. And then um, you can find this episode and all our past episodes on all podcast catchers. Uh, Spotabean, Podbean, Spotabean. <laughs> Spotbean. I know. Spotify, Podbean, Apple. What's the other one? Verbal. Verbal. <laughs> Pandora. We're on. We're on all that shit. Um, Did you say Amazon? Yeah, we're on Amazon too. We're on that too. Uh, what was that? Uh, there was one Google Play. I think if Google Play still Stitcher. Around. Stitcher. There you go. I was thinking of that. Yeah. Um. So for next week's episode. Oh yes. Looking forward to this one. Uh, we are going to do a recent review of the new Mortal Kombat movie that's coming out on HBO Max. Um, it's going to be released on April 23rd. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to that movie. I saw the trailer for it. I was like, damn, it's going to be dope. Of course, mm. I could be wrong. Um, but we're going to do a recent review on that. That's Oh, yeah, that's going to be streaming on HBO Max. Uh, and it will be in theaters if you want to take the... Uh, you want to take the gamble and watch it in the theater? Mm. What are we going to do? Our geriatric cinematic that we are pairing with Mortal Kombat will be 1994's Street Fighter. Yes. I obviously have no idea what you're getting me into. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't wait to showcase this movie. This movie, of course, Street Fighter... It's considered one of the worst video game movies ever, but it has like a super strong cult following. What? I have, for some of the audio from the segments, uh-huh. one of the segments when you do the karate, part of the karate Oh, the karate, cha- oh, the karate chop rap? Yeah. The karate rap. Karate rap. We should do the karate rap. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to do, yeah, we're going to do 1994's uh, Street Fighter and see if it still holds up. Or, I mean, it doesn't hold up. I can tell you that, but we're just going to watch it. Fuck it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that is streaming on uh, Peacock, um, and it's available to rent on Apple TV, Amazon, YouTube, or other VODs. It's if anything, it's probably in a Walmart bargain bin for like five bucks. So yeah, yeah. But Beetlejuice was in there, and that movie's good. That is true. Uh, the topic for that: uh, button mashing in live action. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so once again, I want to we want to thank everybody for joining us on this episode. Uh, we want to bid you guys adieu. Um, wear your mask, wash your hands, take the vaccine if you get the opportunity. Kelsey and I got we already got our first shots. We're just waiting to get our second shots. Excuse me. Um, but before we leave you guys off, um, tell everybody a nice little story. Another nice little story. Um, one night. Uh, I was hanging out with one of my friends and he, you know, we're just like talking, catching, catching up, shooting the shit and whatever. And he like breaks down and he starts crying, you know, because I asked him about like a, asked him about like his girlfriend, you know, like, hey, like, how are you? And, you know, so-and-so, he just like breaks down and starts crying. He's just like, man, you know, this and that. And she left me and I loved her. You know, he's like really bawling his eyes out. They've been together for a while. You know, I feel bad for the guy. And um, while speaking to him, I I must have just watched the bicycle, uh, bicycle thieves because I looked at my buddy and I said, you know what? 
forget everything. We'll get drunk. We'll get drunk.